And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Well, well, hello and welcome. Amateur Radio Amplified on 100 Watts and a Wire. It's Christian, and my call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. Whether you're an experienced ham radio operator or just getting started, this podcast was created to mentor, entertain, and provide a community for radio enthusiasts around the world. You're listening to episode number 391. Tune in to the live recording every Sunday at 6 p.m. Central or subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And if you have a question, put a cue in front of it and we will try to help. Also, my friends are here. Steve, W7UDI. Whoa, I would jumped off the thingy. And, uh, <laughs> and Scotty is here, KC3BXN. What's going on, fellas? What's going on? We were practicing Just- a little bit of uh, voice... Voice work, I guess you would call it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I yes, don't know. it was. <laughs> Hello to everyone who has joined us live in the chat. We appreciate you. And boy, oh boy, can I tell you guys, we are sitting at 54 degrees here at game time. It got up to 60 here today. Yesterday, much colder. Steve, what's what's happening out there in the great Northwest? Oh, just uh, a pretty nice day other than the wind is blowing like, crazy 24 miles an hour right now uh mid 40s so it's uh a blustery day here in the in central washington but uh, overall it's been uh, a pretty good week weather wise friends here in the chat put your temperatures and where you are in there and scotty and i will ship well we will charge you a little bit of money for the shipping but we will give away 67 nanu nanu pluses tonight on this very uh episode uh scotty what's going on out there in the east coast i don't know much it's a nice weekend in the uh, mid-atlantic area we were um about a little chilly today but not too bad 45 was a little breezy but it was sunny and uh, i think we're uh gonna be having a warm spell here later in the week where temps will be getting into the 70s Dang. wow it's gonna be one of those weeks it seems like we we have it i don't know i can't say the same for steve he's so far far up north of us but from where our weather is to where Scotty is and the folks on the East Coast, it's like two days later, they end up getting that same sort of pattern is what I've uh, pieced together. So you've got some good days coming um, for sure. Did anybody get to play radio? I know we uh, somehow managed to get on the air on Friday night and uh, make some yeah. contacts and have a small group together, which was really cool. Other than that, I, I was pretty um, empty on my radio work. How about you, Steve? What's happening? That was pretty much it. Friday night was uh, the only night so far this weekend. Yesterday, I was uh, fairly busy, and today, just kind of eh, a little here, a little there, kind of screwing around with a, uh, setting up a new mode here the last couple of days. So just uh, uh, just kind of playing a little bit of radio and kind of goofing off in the shop. I bet you, Scotty, you got to do any uh, fun radio, anything? You were there on Friday. Uh, all three of us were were on the radio on Friday, 40 meters, having a good time. Did you get to do anything this weekend or last week at all? Uh, not much. Uh, Friday night was about it, and it was a, it was a lot of fun. Uh, met some, met some, we had some cool new folks to have, we got to chat with. Um, and uh, yesterday I was just getting chores and stuff done, running around. So not much radio time other than uh, Friday night. And we met a new uh, friend on uh, Friday night, 81 and a half years old. His call sign is escaping me at the moment, but I oh, have it written down. On, I got it. You got We all have it around here. Oh, it was uh, Tony. It was KP4DDS. <laughs> KP4DDS. Yep. Kilo Papa 4, Delta Delta Sierra. Yep. Tony in North Carolina. And he was such a blast to talk to and a wealth of information and hopefully we'll run into him again on the air and uh got uh, an email real nice email from a friend up in canada uh alan i believe alan hopefully he's checked in uh if you are new put new in the chat we'd love to meet you it's a good friendly bunch there and perhaps anchored by our friend ricardo who's been running with us since like the beginning and uh, he was around when i uh i wouldn't say defected from him uh, what was it ham What's that show called? <laughs> Ham, Ham, Ham Nation. Nation. That's right. Damn. <laughs> How soon we forget. It's only been, uh, what, uh, eight years, nine years, whatever it's been. But uh, 
Ricardo's been with us a long time, Steve. He lives in what they call paradise mm-hmm. in Florida. And we're trying to get that invitation, like, eh, we gently nudge him to say, it'd be kind of cool, come visit you, man. No invitation ever comes out of that. It's just like, mm, no, no, about you so much. But we we, we try to <laughs> hint around. He knows us better than, than we he do. He knows. It would be trouble. We'd have to have some yes. kind of contingency plan. A plan B, you're not going home to the family, but... If you're new, put new in the chat. We would uh, absolutely love to meet you, and so would the friends in there as well. And I saw the only, the .01 female is here tonight with us as well. Unless we've already scared her off. She probably just came for the music. But Sheena has checked in. Hello to Sheena. We appreciate you. I think we have maybe one other lady, but I'm not positive about that. Oh, Ricardo says, come on down. That is still not an invitation to shelter and feed us. It's just like, come to Florida and don't call me. I'll be at work. just ditch us onto the beach and leave us. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> might not be bad. It might not be a bad thing. I think Coney so, KP4DDS may be uh, joining us in the chat here. Was, okay, cool. I hope so. Is that uh, Padre's Porch? Padre, Padre's Porch? KP4DDS? Or they may just be letting us know who that was. But uh, Maybe. Yep. Let us know if you're new. We'd love to meet you and uh, mix it up there. If you have a question about anything related to amateur radio or life, drop it in the uh, chat, put a cue in front of it, and then we'll pull it as we go. So, Steve and Scotty, uh, the Bouvet, I feel like we've been talking about this quite a bit, and I think it's oh, yeah. it's worthy. It's worthy of it. I um, read some stories, and the first actual contact on Bouvet was, was it 1951 or 1957? I saw an article today about it that it has been, you know, people have been there before. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that was the first actual contact. And that was in uh, DX, I think it was in DX Summit. I don't know. We'll post it up. It's it's in our Discord under the Bouvet Island channel. And we're kind of reminiscing now or at least putting our thoughts together with regard to that de-expedition because it's over now. They're on their way home. Mm-hmm. And... um and all that sort of stuff. But I wanted to talk about that a little bit because last week we really did rail. Even Scotty was like, you guys dropped the S-bomb a couple of times. And <laughs> he, st- he was like, I don't know, man. Gary had a private conversation with me. He's like, you got to keep those boys in line. Yeah. yeah. And Sherry pulls them over. Like they start dropping the S-bomb. It's you know, getting kind of weird. And I know this is a podcast and all, but still, you know, it's still the it's S-word. It's a family podcast. So it's a family to, you know. podcast. We've got 0.01 ladies listening. So be, be appropriate fellas. But all jokes aside, um, you know, it, it ended and it was one of those weeks. And I, and I, um, I think we hit it the last couple weeks. We were definitely, we may be a smaller on, say, YouTube and whatnot, because there definitely are some much bigger channels on YouTube, and we use it as a tool here. This has always been a podcast, and so that's always important for us, but it's an important tool over there. So I don't know that we've our message always is amplified as much uh, in that realm, but there was a lot of commentary coming out, and some of the big guys, Josh, oh, yeah. I don't know Josh's call sign, but... It's, it was the first piece of content that we haven't made that I've watched in a long time. And uh, I thought it was great. I had to drop him a line. I'm like, I'm, I'm glad that he said something because he's got the, like the biggest stick, if you will, in terms of the ham radio on YouTube, maybe in America. I don't know about overseas and, you know, I'm not following it all, the game as much. But I watched it and I thought what he said was on point it really echoed what we've been talking about the feelings you know that go with it uh so again i feel like we've been we've been beating it for a little bit for a couple of weeks here in the best Mm -hmm. way possible but i figure we could spend a little bit of time reflecting on the importance of an activation like that um you know and maybe put some closure to it i imagine when the fellows get back and that team get gets back home We'll um we'll try to talk to them. We'll see more. They're going to be giving lectures, I guess, with maybe radio clubs or some ham hamventions and and that kind of stuff. You're going to hear from them again. I'd like to have somebody come on the show at, at some point. Steve, let me start with you. As this thing packs back up, what are your thoughts as it comes to a close? 
Well, I'm glad they got off the island safe and <clears throat> they're on their way home. And uh, and I'm I'm pretty proud of the of the team for what they did, for what um, conditions they had to deal with. Uh, they planned the best they can, the best they could, with based on the information they had. And but you know, Mother Nature kind of came along and uh, said, <laughs> "I know <laughs> you can't. Uh, we're going to make it tough for you." So they got on the air. They only did, you know, just under 20,000 uh, QSOs, um, so, which is great because we got to remember the last two attempts, those folks never set foot. They just sailed by, and these guys got on the island. Now, the unfortunate part was they were restricted to that section of the island. There's one other uh, part of the island which was kind of on the northwest corner of the island, which would have actually benefited us here in the North American continent. But they weren't allowed to land over there. There's a uh, Norwegian weather station and a building. But the uh, the authorities said, nope, you can't land there. You're not setting up there. This is the only place you can basically set up. So they were, you know, this is what they got. There was a lot of high expectations. There was um, just every, it was just, they thought they were going to be able to make a, uh, a, you know, a huge contribution and make about 200,000 cues. I figured that was before they announced that they were shooting for 200,000. I figured that's what they were going to go for. Well, they only got 10% of what they were shooting for, but still 10% is better than no percent like the last two expeditions. Am I disappointed that I didn't get a chance to work them? Yes, I am a little disappointed, but you know what? I don't care. Um, there'll be another time, whether I get it or not. It's, it's not a big deal. Um, I liked what they did. They adapted. They overcame. Um, they started to use uh, FT8 mode. Later to come to find out, <laughs> their clock was off by 14 seconds. And so... Uh, and FT8 is a very time-sensitive uh, program and mode, so uh, so a lot of it didn't make any sense what was going on. But after they said, "Yeah, our clock was off 14 seconds," it's like, okay, it's you know that made a lot of sense because it was, wow, you know, why is it they're saying they're operating on uh, on even and they're operating on odd and da 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 da, and it was just a lot of confusion. So. But I think these operators weren't skilled in, in the FT8 mode. They were more what I call traditional operators with CW, sideband. And FT8 is a new mode. It's a new mode for everybody. And this is the real first big expedition since we've been kind of in the lockdown. So everybody's rusty. But for me, it's I, I need to make changes on my end. I didn't have anything to work um, on 30 meters CW or 17 meters FT8. Uh, I was hoping to get them on uh, on sideband. I only heard them once, and I was like barely in between all the, <laughs> the band cops and stuff. And I think that's a lot of that. There's a lot of frustration there. I think these guys are getting a lot of the uh, the brunt of it, which is undeserving of of them because of the you know the mispractices or the low lifes or the of uh, you know of our fellow hams that were were interfering and causing problems and trying to be the band cops and uh, chastising people that didn't know how to set up split or they forgot it was just it was just unfortunate and people are frustrated and uh, it's like hey but you know the main thing is they're getting home we hope they'll be home safe and sound back to their families and and List. I'm willing, to really, really want to hear the stories. That's the the big part. It's the adventure, getting there and getting home. It's not the activation. I mean, that's that's secondary. But the trip, that's the cool part. Want to uh, correct Josh is from Ham Radio uh, Crash Course. He's Ki Six Naz, and um, he's working hard. He's been doing it for a long time, so I appreciate what he's putting in. I I know the level of work that it takes. So. Hello to Josh uh, from 100 Watts in a Wire. Um, Scotty, it's coming over to you here, but uh, what I mentioned on the Ham Radio Crash Course um, video was the fact that they didn't owe us anything, and we've talked about that. 
So the people who were getting angry, the people who were being douchebags, they somehow feel that they were owed something different or they would have done something better. I would venture to say these guys would have froze to death with a pocket full of cold hot dogs in the, in the thing thinking and just froze out and that they, they aren't really suited for what it took. There was a, I uh, read the article, again, it's posted in our Discord, in the uh, Bouvet channel, where one of the members of the team describes, you know, it's a three-parter. It's a good good read, but part of it's talking about how they had to go, a couple, him and another guy, had to go to the island by themselves without shelter and spend the night out there, you know, perched up under like a large rock and spend the overnight uh, there basically without any supplies, you know. So um, in terms of the difficulty and what they had to endure, I would imagine a lot of people who are being critical could not have coped with just the ride on the boat to the place, let alone those other uh, aspects of your life that you're giving up. And and one more last point, they didn't do this for us. You know, I think it's important that you understand that they did this. It would be like me and a group of us going to do something that we decided to do, that we decided to pay for, that we provided the logistics for. We paid the fuel. We bought the money. You know, we bought the food and we decided to go. And as a side effect, the ham radio community would benefit from this cool thing that we put together. So... The notion that these ham radio operators thought this team owed us anything. And I mentioned last week that they didn't even have to tell us. They didn't have to tell us they were going. Just imagine it, you know, it just cropped up or that you lived in the 40s, that you couldn't read about it instantaneously or you couldn't see spots on your, um, whatever it's called, your spotter or your, your logging software or your uh, waterfall on your radio. Anyway... I feel like I'm beating up the same old thing here, but <laughs> Scotty, take it away. What did we miss, man? No, I mean, you guys, you guys covered it pretty well. I I didn't realize um um I didn't realize that they were that they had to set up on that specific part of the island. I didn't realize that uh, that the the Norwegian government was kind of confining them to a particular spot. Uh, and then when you start to see some of the video um, they've released um, of them getting stuff on the shore, and these guys in wetsuits, you know, these aren't experienced uh, divers or anything they're jumping in freezing waters and wetsuit trying to run a a line um, from a buoy to the shore and then they're trying to rope stuff in on zodiacs which were getting banged up in the shore one of them i think though ripped a hole in one of them and they lost some gear and when you see all that you see that they were that's why they slept up next to the rock because their tent went in the drink and yeah, and then uh, what? So like you know, what going on through all that, and then the, the choppy sees the weather, and they get the they get the one tent set up, no heat. They're sitting on buckets with a couple of radios and a couple of wires up. The fact that they that, that they went through with it after all that um, to still get on the air and stayed as long as they did is it, it's great. It's uh, and hopefully um, once uh, that gets out more, that the just the the harsh conditions that they they really were under. And imagine the pull off, pulling off what they did. Hopefully, uh, it'll, it'll make people that are talking crap about them feel a little bad for themselves. Well, just remember when we go and do our de expedition to Gummy Island, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to hear about this. And when we hear about it, we're just going to go. No <laughs> <laughs> more gummies. Gummies for the wind. So it's kind of like. Uh, Oh, what is that thing? Uh, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. It'll be like Scotty in the Gummy Factory. We're going to be going there. Brand new movie coming your way. Coming to Fox in spring. All right, it's time for us to uh, take a look at this week in radio history. February 22nd, 1857. uh, Scotty was just in short pants. He's in short (laughs) pants tonight, but it's mostly like Angus Young. You know, ACDC type of thing. Oh, Heinrich Hertz. He was born in Hamburg, Germany. Uh, February, uh, let's see, February 22nd, 1916. This is getting to where uh, Steve and I were heading into high school. The American electrical engineer Ernst F.W. 
Anderson. Alex Anderson. Don't correct me live in front of the people. (laughs) (laughs) Break it down phonetically. (laughs) Alpha Lima at Alexanderson. This is where my mother writes me, and she's like, Scotty's just got it going on, hon. You ought to just let him read all the words because you're not so good with the words. (laughs) Ernst F. W. Alexanderson is granted a U.S. patent for a selective tuning system. His work with tuning antennas, directional antennas, tuning systems, and high-frequency alternators were instrumental in the advancement of radio. Thank you very much, Mr. Ernst F. W. Alexanderson. Everybody say it along with us. (laughs) (laughs) What else happened? Oh, yeah, and that was uh, this week in radio. All right, you ready, Scotty? It's time for us to... uh, Oh, that was the terrible crossfade. For you uh, wannabe DJs, when you're out at the club, don't ever end the music so abruptly that it's just, that's not good. So don't do that. Thank you for your questions. We will uh, put your questions uh, in the queue, and we'll get to those in just a little bit. Uh, Scotty, what's going on event-wise in the world of ham radio? Well, let's see what we got coming up here next weekend. We have uh, February 24th through the 26th. We have the CQ 160 meter contest on single side bands. One of your favorites, Christian. Yes, sir. Uh, also, February 25th and 26th, the South Carolina QSO party. And uh, also, the 25th and 26th, the North American QSO party, Riddy edition. A um, couple of special event stations. Uh, we have a George Washington's birthday, Whiskey uh, Sierra 7 Golf. Um, we'll be hosting a special event station and right down the street from Steve in uh, Moses Lake, Washington. Oh, that's just the next county over. So, oh. yep. They'll be, right. in, they'll be in George, Washington. There's an actual town named George. And that's yep. where they'll be setting up. Nice. Cool. Cool. Uh, also out Steve's way, we have the uh, the Cascade Radio Club 75th anniversary of their ARRL affiliation on um, that special event. And I have uh, some others listed on the events channel on our Discord server. So head on over there and uh, see a complete list of activities for next weekend. Well, thank you very much. That mouth doesn't work either tonight. It might have been the screwdrivers. In all disclosure, <laughs> there was not enough stuff to mix with, so I went with OJ the vodka it's catching up it's sort of settling into the uh to the to the place i guess <laughs> on that note let's talk about our sponsor they'll love this power film solar and gigaparts providing quality solar power solutions for your portable operating needs to explore power films selection of quality products visit gigaparts.com and search 100 watts okay and there is a very easy way for them to see that there's engagement uh, from this show, and that's what they're looking for. Buy if you like to, but a little secret, because I don't know if they're listening, but that's part of the plan on their end, is to see who's engaged from the 100 Watson Wire community uh, with their information. So you can help. It's easy and it's free. So think about it. And also, if you find value in 100 Watson Wire, you can support the content and the community you enjoy by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash 100 watts. We'll put that up there for you, too. It's as easy as buying us a cup of coffee. It's actually cheaper than a real cup of coffee. And a lot of folks are enjoying the monthly contribution option. Our dipole level is just $1 an episode. So it's cheaper than a cup of coffee. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash 100 watts today and thank you, our new supporters, Jim Lanier and Chuck. Very simple. Chuck. That's it. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much for that. And uh, now I got uh, to tell you, every now and again, I will put on uh, TikTok. I took a day off or so. I was not feeling great yesterday. I had what they call, I think Steve tells me it's called the squirts. Is this too much? Are we recording? Is this live? Montezuma's Revenge. I don't know what the hell was happening yesterday, but it was one of those Cheech and Chong, cheek stay together things. And I was like, what is this? 
Could have been the Greek yogurt, although I love it. But anyway, it's <laughs> it's. See, you're supposed to jump in and save me. I told you I had a problem. There's a problem here. <laughs> Something was percolating, man, and it just I was like. Anyway, I do the tickety talk videos, and then uh, each week I, I, you know, I try to do a do something every day and just talk about whatever pops into my mind, that kind of thing. And so um, I asked the people, I'm like, what do you want to talk about? You know, and uh, you have a question, you have a topic suggestion, that kind of thing. And just to engage the people, because that's what it's really about. And uh, we did. We got we got something and we put it right into action. So from TikTok, a request from, I don't know his real name, but it's uh, Molly Belt, M-A-W-I-E Belt. And this is how we serve the people, Steve. He wanted to know if we could talk about hand and foot uh push to talk and so oh, okay not hand and not hand and foot in not, mouth but no not hand and talk. foot in mouth which okay. i usually do and i just showed you an example of that about a minute and a half ago when i put all of my foot including the boot right on in there this shows but, a lesson in the hand and foot yeah it's you know don't do as we do kids turn away look away kids <laughs> And I thought, yeah, that's a kind of cool, that is a cool topic. And and I remember re-engineering my experience, and Steve can tell you, because he was like, I'm going to send you out this monster foot switch. I got an extra one. And I was like, what? And he was like, you can hook two radios up. Do you want to show it to him, Steve? I don't know if it's the same one. But uh, he was he was like, I'll send this out to you. And I'm like, what is that? Oh, my. And that's a commercial product, right? Yes. You can buy this off of... Well, actually, I found this at a at a ham fest. Did you? Okay. So, yeah, it was. I think uh, they don't they use them the for like the coax. under there with the gordos and the coax, but they use that. <laughs> it's always under the table. <laughs> These weren't under the table; they were on top. So oh. <laughs> they weren't with the gordos. But, uh, <laughs> just lay them right out there. <laughs> they were just they were just laying out just all for God to see, and everybody they were just flewed across the table. K zero SCH calls a timeout. <laughs> we're gonna go to a commercial. Oh Lord, we're have gonna mercy. throw the flag. <laughs> oh, jeez, they were hanging out. The images that are just flashing up are like we need some therapy. But you know what? The one you were just showing us, and I know that for our listeners who are listening on the road uh, this week, he's showing us a, a two-pedal uh, foot switch. And uh, for the folks that are here, you can see this, I believe, Steve, is used for like like people who are in the call centers, like dispatch centers for emergencies. Dispatch centers, yeah. This is so they can the kind typical of... setup uh, that's uh, this is very weighty. It's... Uh, there's a lot of weight to this uh, this pedal here. There's a plate here on the bottom. Uh, let me come back a little bit. So I just got the cord wrapped around, but there's two separate switches. So typically in a uh, dispatch center, like a 911 center, they'll um, they can uh, key up two different radios. If uh, if one dispatcher is working, say fire dispatch. The right pedal can be for fire dispatch. If they're doing police dispatch, then the left pedal can be for that. It's whatever the, the setup is uh, for uh, for myself. These two switches are just wired in parallel. So whichever whichever switch I hit with my foot, then I'm keying up the radio. I could, you know, get it to where I could have my left radio on the left switch, my right radio on the right switch, but that just simplified it. Kind of like your shorts. You got your right gordo on the right. <laughs> Good God almighty. Scotty, go. Like, no, let's talk about it. See what happens now. Somebody goes and makes a gesture, and here we are. Uh, Steve, before we send it off to Scotty, who's really, who's really, the imagery right now is really bad. Uh, Steve, talk about the advantages of push to talk, and we can do hand or foot. Um, yeah, what do you think the I advantages? Mean, Typical, you know, a lot of people just they like to hold a hand microphone and uh, and then talk in that way. But when I'm operating uh, and uh, let's follow me oh, when I'm here at so when I'm here at my my station, I want to have my hands on the keyboard and uh, and then because I'm either logging or doing something uh, with the keyboard, then the, my foot is just I just 
push the switch. So having to put a uh, push to talk on, on a, as of a foot switch, it just frees up the hands. But it, it comes down to person, you know, personal preference. And um, it gets a little, you know, you got to get a little bit of, uh, let's move the camera. And, uh, oops, the wrong way. Ooh, whoa, get back here, Steve, sidecar. <laughs> There we go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There we go. Oh, Lord. Our listeners are like, what is going on? We're out of control tonight. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, Ed. Oh, my God. You spilled your beer. That's no, no, no. That's a timeout. We'll take a second timeout. Oh, that's too funny. So um, it just frees up your hands to do whatever you want. Scratch the Bordeaux or whatever. But uh, <laughs> this one will not be going into the Broadcasting <laughs> Hall of Fame. I can say that for sure. <laughs> but, uh, oh, my. <laughs> but look, so somebody it, it just comes down to preference. So if you want to keep your hands occupied, use a hand <clears throat> microphone. If you want to keep your hands free, push to use a foot switch where you push to talk. Let's uh, and let's Ed, Scotty clean can... up in aisle five. Clean up <laughs> in oh. your beer. Your beer that's. Scotty is one of us who took this very seriously. So our friend uh, uh, Molly Belt, um, when I mentioned this to Scotty, Scotty was like, "On it, man! I want to talk about this, and we can uh, we'll send it over to Scotty to give you some uh, elementary, fundamental type insight." Check this out, Scotty's here. Oh, Show us more. See, push the talk switches. Yeah, that's um, one of those things that uh, that's actually really easy to build. Um, you can build one for yourself. Um, it's uh, literally the, how the circuit works. It's um, it's you're just taking taking the a wire essentially and touching it together, and that's gonna close the circuit that fires off the relay that switches your rig over to transmit. Um, if you're looking for a push to talk switch, um, they are kind of expensive if you buy the commercial ones. I was looking to, on the on web and you know thirty five forty dollars for a handheld switch and seventy to ninety dollars for a foot switch. Um, but this is really something that's really easy to build. Um, or you can repurpose some things that you already have around the shack. Let me change my camera view and show you a few things that I got here. So these are some things that I've used for push-to-talk switches. Um, first one I made was just out of an old uh, CB uh, Uniden hand switch. And I just put a little quarter-inch jack on the end of it. And uh, kind of utilize, utilize that switch that's already there. Um, and lately I've been using this uh, old keyboard... Um, sustain pedal, electric keyboard. Um, you can pick these up really cheap. You can get these new on Amazon for like $15. And um, it's uh, literally plug and play. Plug that right into the uh, the push to talk. If you have an RCA connector for your push to talk, you can get one of these little adapters and quarter inch to RCA and litter it. This is a, a push a foot switch for a guitar pedal stuff. Um, it's got a quarter inch jack on the back. I can just take a cable and plug it into my push to talk on the rig right onto right into the pedal. And there we go. Um, and then if you're into the do it yourself stuff, you can actually make one really easy. Here's a cool, uh, cool one with a uh, PVC, um, and a simple, uh, simple switch. And you can just drill a hole in the top, put your switch in there. And then whatever cable you're going to use, you only need two conductor cable to to do this. And then, uh, you know, have yourself a, a little push to talk, a little half inch uh, PVC piece of cake. Um, and then the connectors, if you're going to be putting your own on, um, they're typically going to be RCA. And here's a blank RCA connector. Real, real easy to do. There's just two conductors in there, center pin, uh, and then and then the shield. Or you can put a quarter-inch plug on there if that's what your rig uses for push-to-talk. But I'm a big fan of repurposing things. And so um, I've been using the uh, the sustain pedal as my foot switch for push-to-talk. I was actually using this uh, on Friday night when we were all on the air uh, having a good time. Um, but it's a, yeah, it's a really simple really simple project to build. It's fun. You can get creative. You can even take like one of those wedge-shaped door stoppers and drill a little oh, hole because yeah. usually... They're just kind of empty. They're just kind of hollow, like hard rubber. Drill a hole, Neat. put a switch in there, put it on the floor, and there you go. You'd want to, you want to, what's called a momentary switch for this uh, application. Uh, unless you like to talk a lot, then you can get a latching switch. You can kick it on and just leave it on, um, almost like a like a mox function on your rig. But yeah, lots of cool, 
fun do-it-yourself stuff. Uh, or you can repurpose some switches that you may, uh, you know, maybe your kid stopped playing the keyboard and he's got a sustain pedal for his little Casio and then throw that sucker on your rig and you got your floor push to talk. So, cool. Cool. Thank you for that. Any thoughts on that, Steve? Another uh, little item here is uh, they make these. Uh, the The key is it's uh, you can just stick bare wires into the end here and then screw terminal if you don't know how to solder and they come in various plug forms, but they make these in a uh, RCA uh, jack. So another, a lot of options out there to, uh, in case you don't know how to solder anything. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I, I got one that was sort of like the one Steve had, but it was a single and there was an accordion. I bought one. Um, it was kind of like the accordion foot switch for a piano or a keyboard. And there was a polarization swap that I had to do. It was actually something was reversed, and I had to switch the wires, and then it worked great for that. But the um, the problem I had was it was so light that it was like the drummer without any carpet. You know, it's moving across the floor. and <laughs> So the weight, um, and somebody mentioned in the chat, Ed said the sewing machine pedals. You know, that's kind of mm -hmm. what this remi reminds me of. If you can get that wired up, it's got a little weight to it. It won't slide or put a, you know, rug so some of the uh, things are probably light guys like this but I, I with the handheld i'm doing the hand push to talk thing for me i think i i needed both hands to type you know i i didn't really want to i thought the foot switch was more for me uh what what else did we need to talk about steve on that i, I thank you for that uh suggestion too talking about that and if you have any questions molly uh, drop us a line and Scotty can shoot you an idea, some bullet points on what you would need to do or replay this back again, that kind of thing. But that was really nice. Thank you, Scotty. Steve, mm -hmm. uh, anything else we need to think about considerations, possible failure points, that kind of thing? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's just sometimes the wiring gets frayed and uh, your push to talk switch <clears throat> doesn't push to talk anymore. So uh, you got to troubleshoot that. <clears throat> Another option is using Vox. I'd be very, very careful about using Vox mm. because um, it, uh, if you don't have it set up properly, it'll pick up noise in the, in the background. Or if you have Vox set up and then you get into an argument with your dog or cat that, uh, you know, or spilt something and you're cussing and swearing at the dog or cat and uh, you'll be going over the air or... If you just happen to fall asleep in the chair and you start snoring, boop, I've heard it you're all over the air. So uh, that's another option is Vox. But uh, I, I like to push to talk uh, via the foot is the is my preference of choice. So it's it all comes down to what you're comfortable with and what you want to do. Someone mentioned the uh, Heil foot switch and there's um, uh, his foot switch has two cables that come out. One that goes to um, the radio and then another one that will plug into your amplifier. And uh, so that's another way of, uh, if you have an amplifier, keying up your amplifier with, uh, with the Heil foot switch. So there's, there's options out there. So it just comes down to your, your operating preference. It's Michael. Michael suggested that uh, people have different names on TikTok, but it's Michael, Kilo India 5, United Tango, Sierra. Thank you, Michael, for uh, giving us um, the topic, and it was fun to explore that. I didn't make mine. I ended up getting mine from a commercial place, and um, again, the one was too light, and I pushed it around the floor too much, and then I wanted something sturdy in oh, that was. line. So that's what I did. But, you know, like Scotty said, you can make it out of things you got laying around and PVC, all this sort of stuff. So there you go. I'll drop us a line if you have any more questions about that, Michael. Appreciate uh, that. It's time for us to take a look at some of the ham fests and get to the questions of this week. If you have a question, put a queue in front of it, and we will put it into our queue and work on answering those. But Scotty is here to tell us about the ham fest happening this month. Scotty, go. All right. Picked a, picked a couple for the show. Um, see, we have uh, the February 25th, the HamCon, ARRL Vermont State Convention happening in Colchester, Vermont. Also uh, on the 25th, Hiawatha Amateur Radio Club's Winter RF Fest in Perry, Iowa. 
And uh, I've also uh, listed uh, a bunch of others uh, on the events channel and our Discord server. So you can always uh, take a look over there, see if there's one happening in your neck of the woods. And if you have a club or you have a gathering happening, let us know. We can share it to our events channel. We can also mention it here uh, to the folks who are listening and watching, of course. Drop us a line. Our contact information is in the description. And also, I forgot to mention that we had a Zoom room set up. I don't know if people are over there trying to get in. Oops, there are people trying to get in. Sorry, we'll look <laughs> in now. Please stay muted, and we will try to uh, to bring you into the show as we go. Uh, and you want to learn more about 100 Watts and a Wire and our community? Visit 100wattsandawire.com. You can check out the podcast archive, register for a 100-watt ID, and pick up a 100 Watts and a Wire sweatshirt, sticker, mug, other merch is in our shop. It's an easy way to look fly and support the content and the community you enjoy. And you'll find all of our other social media outlets there, like the TikTok and YouTube and Discord. It's all in there, like Ragu. That's 100wattsandawire.com. Thank you very much. We've got a slew of questions, and I believe more will be coming in as we go. Thank you for all your comments and suggestions and things that are happening. Let's take a couple that were uh, sent over. Dennis had a question. How likely do you think that this bad experience will discourage future expeditions? Great question. Thank you, Dennis. Steve, go. I don't think it will discourage. No, it's... uh... In fact, it will probably get the guys of the next coming D expeditions, wherever they're going, they're going to start rethinking, kind of going, you know, maybe we need to start incorporating this newer mode FT8. It's becoming a more mainstay uh, uh, mode that's going to be here for a while. And a lot of these traditional DXers are a little you know, weak on that mode. And I'm in, I'm one of them. I am super weak on, it. I'm just finally getting into the mode and we throw that into the arsenal. And, um, so I think you're going to start seeing it more and more uh, cropping up. It's going to be a, uh, a mode that a lot of people can, you know, take advantage of it and, uh, and make those contacts. So I, I think that's going to happen and probably some more pre-planning and contingency planning. And, uh, it'll, it'll just depend on, how the de-expedition, you know, where they're going and what's going to happen. But uh, I think it'll be, this is a positive step. It will, uh, we'll learn from it and move on. Yeah, I agree. Can't add anything more to that. You know, I think they're going to, they're going to be cool. They're going to go do what they need to do. And uh, it's just noise. Anybody who's giving them grief, is just noise. I would imagine some oh, yeah. good, it's, there was some good commentary came out of that, but would we go as far to say that uh, outside of the team being the star of this uh, de-expedition, FT8 really did it for him? I mean, really made those numbers go up. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Uh, Scotty, over to you first. The uh, role FT8 played in uh, the Bouvet Island de-expedition. Uh, well, given the uh, the circumstances with uh, their lack of gear, not being able to get any amplifiers, um on on the island not getting any of their big antennas up only being able to just throw up a couple wires and then work barefoot um from that location ft8 was probably the only chance they had of getting any sort of count in the in the qso's um i know there's some uh, some european stations and um they were able to work single sideband voice with some of those guys but anything outside of that that region uh, ft8 was uh was what worked to get the uh to get the contacts for uh, for other folks around the world Don has and a question. They, oh, good. And and had they had it set up properly, I think they would at least doubled the number of cues that they had uh, when they went home. I, I they just had a an operating error. They were off. Their timing was way off, so that just kind of complicated it. But I mm-hmm. think if they were if they were on time and had their you know their uh, their computer synced, um, and th- they could have just you know. They didn't have internet capabilities on the island, but, you know, every radio can pick up WWV and you can set it there. You know, it's a manual setup. You could have went, okay, every time there's a shift change with an operator, first thing you do, make sure the computer is synced up to WWV and um, off you go. And uh, 
I personally think that if they had that right, they would have, we would have had maybe a, a D expedition that would have been maybe 40, 50,000 cues. And that would have kind of tamped down a lot of the, the keyboard commandos and the basement dwellers that were complaining about it, that didn't have any skin in the game. And then, uh, for these guys and oh yeah that's a lot of money wasted and it's like no everybody that remember these guys put in half the money they they personally put money into it half the co total cost was borne by the by the operators that went the other half they raised by donations and when you donate to a de-expedition you're just going hey we hope they're going to be successful we're pretty sure they're going to be successful but there's a chance that they might not Remember, the last two expeditions didn't touch, set foot on the island, and these guys did. So it's a win. I, I don't. You can you can moan and groan about it all you want. It's a win. So get over it. Move on. No, Sherry, that's that's not what he meant. I know. Uh, Sherry's just <laughs> Sherry's just bad. I think she's the freaky one here. Uh, Don has a question he wants to know for the audio guys. Suggestion for an inexpensive desk stand alone mic that would be suitable for Zoom meetings instead of a camera mic. Oh. Go ahead, Scotty. What, what the hell? Oh, I don't know. What's, uh, well, first question is going to be, what's your what's your budget? Because <laughs> uh, they can uh, they can range from, you know, 50 bucks up to several hundred dollars. Um, standalone desk, I don't know. I think... Uh, uh, I don't like something like the Yeti or something like that would probably be suitable, good quality sound for uh, for things like Zoom meetings and stuff like that. Um, I'm not too uh, too well versed on on that uh, line of microphones. Well, I know the I ones that we we I don't know. If Scotty's got an actual well, the one that Steve's using right now actually can be a USB. But like I said, mm -hmm. or like Scotty said, it depends on what you want to spend. If it's only for your Zoom meetings, you may just want to sound better than the distance between you and your camera and have something more directional in front of you. Blue Yeti's probably going to cost you one fifty. Um, they've got other things in that kind of 100 to 150 range. You've got Shure makes one. Uh, but I noticed it wasn't very tall. I looked, I was like, Shure's got one. Ooh-wee. And not, you know, I've got back here, can't see him in this shot here, but the Blue Yeti works really well. It just depends. You want how... How good do you want to send uh, sound in your Zoom? Uh, Zoom I think a hundred, Zoom. hundred to hundred fifty dollar budget would uh, get something that would be uh, of acceptable quality sound quality. How about a, just a gaming headset that for, for, for you know, 50 19, bucks, twenty yeah. bucks for? And we're talking Zoom. We're not talking. Right. You know, you're making a you know, reading a, a book for for Audible or something like that. This okay. is just a for Zoom meeting and. You get a, just a headset, and the microphone's always there. You can move around and uh, and and go from there. Just uh, and well, twenty bucks, and you you hear them on the air. Guys using gaming headsets on you know HF, and they sound pretty good. There's so. a um, Sennheiser. I don't know if you've seen it, Scotty, but Sennheiser makes a headset that's pretty good for the uh, the gamers. Actually, say they like it too. Now, I don't know. I don't know what it costs, but. I don't know, USB mic, uh, $50 range, maybe a YouTube video may, may give you some insight on it for 50 bucks. But I definitely think you ought to get cut that distance between your camera and your uh, and your mouth. So, yeah, that's anyway, the big thing. Good question, man. Thank you for that, Don. We appreciate you, and we will hear from him later tonight as he anchors the first hour of the 100 Watts and Wire Sunday evening net. Uh, let's see. Ish has a question. Since I worked Australia on 10 meters last night, show off. It was VK4KA, bragging. Uh, what do I need to work Japan in that same caliber using my 100 watts in a four element, uh, 10, 11 meter Yagi at 20 feet? Should I need to get it higher, like 40 feet? Mm. I don't think it, would, it just you just need the propagation. So uh, I would imagine uh, work the gray line, and uh, it just happened to that you were you know you had that uh, path down to VK land, and uh, just point the antenna towards uh, Japan, and you'll be surprised uh, uh, what you'll uh, what you can come up with. This morning, as I was kind of 
looking at the FT8, I was seeing on 40 meters around 8 o'clock Pacific time, 9 o'clock. I'm seeing just Chinese and Indonesia, a lot of, you know, Far Eastern uh, uh, countries uh, just popping up on the FT8. So I was like, holy smokes, there was some propagation going from this morning from the West Coast to out there into the Far East. So uh, I can imagine just trying to follow that gray line and just kind of keeping an eye and uh, and see what's uh, being spotted. But I would imagine there might be a few JAs that uh, are uh, on 10 meters. So you just got to dial around and listen for them and point your antenna towards Japan there, uh, Ishmael. Uh, James asks, Kilo India 5, Oscar Echo, Bravo. Any advice for FT8 WW contacts? Scotty, what do you think? Um, it's, yeah, he's, uh, I heard he's back on the air. Um, I really know adv advice is just got to keep an eye on the spots and try to figure out when, when he's on and, and go for it. Really. All right. Is he uh, we, operating, uh, what they call that Fox and Hound, or do you know if he's just operating traditional? That I don't, I don't know what, when, uh, when he was off the air for a while, I, I, I stopped following what was happening there. And then I just read the other day that, that they gave him permission to, to continue on. And I haven't, uh, haven't dove back in, so I'm not quite sure what's uh, going on, but I would, would imagine he's running Fox and Hound, I would think. Thank you for that question. We appreciate that, James. Uh, we're going to have Dennis come in. He's Kilo Delta 9 Alpha Charlie Mike. He's coming to us from the 100 Watson Wire Zoom room. If you've got audio and want to drop us a comment, uh, you can do so now, Dennis. We're putting Dennis on the clock here. Can't be leaving dead air. Here he comes. Hey, Dennis. <laughs> hey, how are you guys doing this evening? Great, man. How are you? Good. Just enjoying the uh, the show. Uh, was on the bands a little bit today. Boy, there was some really awesome propagation into South America, uh, the islands. Um, all the bands seem to be hopping. Uh, 40 kind of went south later on in the day. Really a lot of uh, a lot of noise, but uh, it was really a great day for making contacts. Awesome. That's great. What was your best one of the day? Uh, California. Nice. And I'm... I'm uh, located in central Wisconsin, so that's a that's a fairly good distance. Yeah, I think that's great. I'm only running, nice. you know, the hundred watts and a wire, so I'm pleased. Any comments Perfect. on uh, anything we talked about tonight? You can uh, put your uh, opinion out there if you'd like to, sir. Uh, I do have some experience with that Blue Yeti. It is an awesome mic if you want to drop the coin on it. What are they but, at about uh, 150 now, something like that? Yeah, there's actually a couple of different models. You can get it. There, there's the standard Blue Yeti, and then there's another one that is upgraded. It's got some additional components in it. it gives you a little bit better sound quality. Okay. I think that one runs about 180 or 190. Um, but, yeah, I think the suggestion you guys made with the gaming headsets, I mean, that works. Yeah, I think he just needs to cut that distance down between his uh, – the space between the mouth and the camera – and you're facing the camera is a, a long country mile in audio. So you want to get, you want to uh, break that distance down a little bit, but uh, you got to be careful with those headsets though. Like a lot of people don't know how to put them, you know, they're all in it. It's like super close. They go from being three feet away to being it's right in your bicuspids. It's just picking up everything in your mouth and everything you're eating. And mm, mm, that's a great idea, Alice. Mm, 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 mm. Or it's popping, the plosives are just exploding all over the place. But yeah, I agree. There's a, there's a way to do that. Um, but it took a while for Zoom folks to get used to that. But your audio sounds good. Thanks for checking in on the Zoom room tonight. Hopefully we'll hear you on the um, the uh, live show coverage tonight. We're, we're doing a little um, net stuff. So hopefully we'll hear you on the radio tonight if you're near it. Thanks, Dennis. Appreciate you, man. You're welcome. All right, we got yeah. a couple other questions. Let's see what we can do before we get on out of the way here. Will we uh, on the air soon? Here comes one for you guys. What does arcing mean? Steve. Oh, it's uh, basically, um, it's just sparks. Uh, so arcing is uh, if you're, uh, you know, your, your hot lead is too close to ground, it'll just uh, arc over. But typically uh, in an RF environment, uh, 
if you're having uh, too much RF coming back or your RF is not properly terminated uh, load-wise, uh, you can be uh, arcing over. You'll have an arc over in a tube uh, if, if things are mistuned. So arcing is just basically things that go spark and uh, there's flashing and uh, it's not, uh, it's, you're, you're going to be having a bad day when that's happening. Yeah. Like also like the air, your air capacitors, if you have a tuner with the, uh, the wind up inductors, you can, you can get arcing between the capacitor plates and. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you had that with your, uh, with your magnetic loop. My gummy loop project, yeah, I was. Uh, I had to put a, I had to put a beefier air capacitor in there because I was getting, I was getting arc over between the, the plates on the air capacitor. So it can happen, uh, in several different places. Okay, that makes sense. That question came in after you talked about it on the gummy loop. Another question here: If you have one, drop it in the uh, chat. Put a cue in front of it, and we'll take it. What's the difference between upper and lower sideband? Well, upper mm. side. Well, your sidebands is it all references to the uh, carrier frequency. So, um, in a conventional AM transmission, you have a carrier. So you're going to have a, and then you're going to have your sidebands that are going to be either on AM. They're on both sides. So what I'm showing is my hand. My my hand is up, and then I got my fingers off to one side, and my fingers represent the voice uh, modulation. And the carrier stays the same. Well, what and so upper sideband is the sideband that's above the free the, of the carrier. So if we're at uh, say fourteen two hundred, fourteen point two megahertz, our and we're in upper sideband, all our modulation or or energy is going to be above fourteen point two. If we went to lower sideband all our modulation would be and our energy would be below the uh, 14.2 so when you're operating when you start getting close to the band edges be be very wary where you are and what mode you're operating so if you're operating upper sideband and you're getting close to the top end of a of say 20 or 15 meters you don't want to go anywhere closer than three kilohertz of of your uh, indicated frequency on your radio because your the, your radio indicates the carrier frequency not where your actual rf is your rf is actually above the carrier frequency so uh, be very very careful when you go into the towards the band edges but basically that's what it is upper or lower it's all reference to the center frequency which is your what would be your carrier and your modulation is either above it or below it all right. Very good. Well, thank you for that. Look at us pushing up all the way close to the top of the hour here. But we want to know what you're struggling with. And uh, if you're having an issue, you're having a trouble anywhere within your ham radio life or your life in general, drop us a line and come let us know. Perhaps we can help you have questions. You can send them through our social media outlets and all of that jazz. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and hit the notification bell that lets you know when we went live we thought about doing live shows for Bouvet alas I never heard him Steve I never heard him I would have been sitting there like a dick on the live stream like this I mean a lot of people are doing that on live stream just now sitting around with their Gordos hanging out Gordos and then they forget (laughs) they're live and they're like my Gordo Gordo Charlie and Otis come on (laughs) Get back in there. Take it full circle. Oh, is that a hot dog? (laughs) Tasty. Uh oh. Anyway, I I didn't hear him. I'm like, what are we going to do? So we didn't go live, but hit the notification bell. That's to see us. You can subscribe to the podcast by any of your podcast directories, and Scotty will get on a bike like Paperboy. He puts his hat on. Puts all the podcasts in a basket and rides through town and throws it from his canvas sack out to the people every morning, the next morning. Uh, for our friends here, 7210 looks to be the spot where we'll set up this week's 100 Watts and Wire Sunday evening net. Any final thoughts, Steve or Scotty, 
for the good people listening on their bicycles. Well, pedal safely. And uh, remember, the, the vehicle with the most lug nuts wins. <laughs> that is deep, man. That is deep. Scotty. <laughs> um, oh, I knew it. Yeah, I just said it was deep because it was an intellectual thing. Leave him alone. Don't, uh, just, uh, yeah. So everyone have a great week and uh, don't let your meatloaf. That's another great tip right there. Not just a tip. You get the whole thing tonight from Scotty and Steve. Well, thank you all for joining us, and we will see you all again. Same time, same station, right after Andy Griffith, but right before good times. That's when we were out programmed. I don't know. It's tough. It's a tough spot. Take care of yourselves. Look out for each other out there. It's crazy sometimes out there. And by all means, if you can, please... Try and stay above the noise. 7-3, everybody. 7-3, y'all. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.